Hello, good evening and welcome to another edition of the Guna Ramble with me, your host, Jizza. And on the show today, I'm joined by Callum and Mo once again. How are you doing, fellas? Yeah, not bad, thank you. Mo? Thank you very much. Good stuff, good stuff. All right, so we've had a very uh, eventful past week or so, mainly involving Jack Wiltshire's name, whether it be smoking, his performance at West Brom, or his thoughts on who should be eligible to play England for England um, on international duty so um lots to get through uh we've also got um other topics we've got the the Burkamp book and him saying that he wants to come back to arsenal as well as um if we can fit it in <clears throat> maybe talk about uh the 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 alleged puma di- uh, picture with um thierry Henry and linford christie and, and 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 any other international news all right so let's get our teeth right into the wiltshire issue what did you make of him smoking Callum. Oh, yeah. It's one of these things where, you know, you sometimes have to remember that he's a 21-year-old guy, you know, 21-year-old, you know, that's a huge amount of pressure on him. And these kind of things are things that all 21-year-olds probably do at some point. But of course, when he does it, it's, you know, big media news. And, I, you know, obviously it's it's clear that, you, you know, if you're a professional footballer, you shouldn't shouldn't smoke. I mean, it goes without saying, we don't have to debate the health benefits. And But, you know, um, I feel like, you know, he's one of these, because he's England, English, you know, there's been stories in the past about Wayne Rooney speak, uh, smoking. But, you know, if, you know, Dimitar Berbatov come out and says he smokes, everyone will say <laughs> that's probably to be expected. So, yeah, obviously we, we, we don't want to see him smoking. And I think more, the fact is not really the fact that he had one cigarette. It's more um, what a precedent that could potentially set, you know, and it kind of, it, one thing that would worry me about it would be that his attitude is a bit, a bit lax and a bit, you know, I can oh, I can get away with the one with the one fag, whereas really you want him to be completely, you know, um, focused on his football and nothing else. But at the same time, I think it's important to be give him a little bit, of, give a bit, but you know, a bit of the benefit of the doubt. And as long as it doesn't become, um, you know, a long term thing, and if it's nipped in the bud early on, then it's it's not really a story, I don't think. And it was just amplified because he's English, and that's always been the case, I think, with English footballers. Uh, Mo, you know, um, some people are saying that he's going to, you know, he's he's showing signs of of ruining his career, you know, with all these media things and his tweets and, and so on and so forth. And now the whole smoking thing looks like he's, he's on a downward spiral. Uh, what, <clears throat> what do you, what were your thoughts when you heard, when you saw the story come out last week about him smoking? Yeah, I mean, I, I was disappointed, but I, you know, I also think that it's blown out of proportion, to be honest with you. Arsene Wenger mentioned that in England, the culture is as such that we, uh, really view smoking as a really negative thing, uh, compared to the rest of Europe, where it's kind of not as much of a big deal. Yeah. And I think because of that, you know, the media have latched onto it, and we do think it is maybe a bigger deal than what it is. I'm not saying that smoking isn't, uh, a bad thing. Of course it is. And when you're a, when you're a professional athlete, then it's really not going to do you any favours. But I just think overall it was really stupid of him to be caught. Who does he think? Um, how does he think he can get away with that, being who he is yeah. in central London outside of a nightclub? Yeah. Of course you're going to get caught. But for me, the, the disappointing thing is I obviously want any Arsenal player, and especially Jack Wilshere, to do whatever they, whatever they can do to maximise their potential and to be the best footballer they can be. And you know, as Callum was saying, you have to question the attitude. Is he taking this football as seriously as he should do? Because you know. Um, Ramsey's performances have been so good this season. I think that's the back of how committed he is to developing his game. Mm. So disappointed that he uh, was silly enough to get caught, and I hope that it is just a one-off. Yeah, 
I mean, it is interesting that, that Wenger made the comment about um, French football. Is, their, their attitude to smoking is vastly different from the English attitude to smoking. You know, people like Zidane, Ginola, um, and so on and so forth. I think we, I think there was a time we saw uh, William Gallas with a fag in his mouth after a game. Well, I think I think even um, Koscielny's been caught with a cigarette before, and it's not. I mean, <laughs> you know, the fact he's it's just because he's, he's French and he's not English. I think that's probably. Uh, that as a you know, it's not a huge deal because you, you know it's, it's we expect you know it's, it is definitely more accepted over on the continent than it is over here. And also, it's interesting you think because I mean we don't want to get into a scientific debate about what's up worse for you, whether it's you know smoking or drinking. But if we saw a player having a pint, for example, or a big fat cheesy pizza or something, we wouldn't be as outraged as we would be with a cigarette. And there's, so there's also you could also say well, you know, I, I mean obviously. Smoking has that reputation for a reason, but at the same time, I think it is amplified because one, because he's English, and two, because um, smoking has that reputation, especially in this country. Yeah. Okay. Well, moving on to the game, um, he was he had a poor first half. I think quite a lot of our players had a poor first half against West Brom, um, but Wenger persevered with him. I weather through being persevering or the fact or he didn't think he had many other options on the bench but um he he um he paid Wenger back with a goal didn't he Mo so uh, what did you make of his performance and the team yeah. as a whole on Sunday well you know first half he wasn't great and uh, when when you know the time of the game comes where you're thinking about substitutions for me Jack was the favourite to come off but I think Ramsey picked up a slight knock mm. so um he had a fire and, injury I think yeah so he, he obviously had to come off and Wilshire stayed on but, you know, um, I think we have to learn lessons from what happened with Aaron Ramsey. Last year, he was playing out of position. He wasn't on the best form. And them two, big, them two factors combining ended up with him getting a lot of stick and a lot of unfair stick. And, you know, people need to learn from the fact that, yeah, Jack isn't playing in his preferred position. He's uh, not in the centre of the park pulling the strings. And also, yeah, he, he might not be on the best form of his career. He doesn't deserve to be lambasted for that or anything like that. So I just think stick with him. But he, he came through. When he got in the middle of the park, he actually did really well. And if, if, I don't know if he was, but if he was getting any stick for his performance from the fans or anything like that, I think, you know, we need to take a look at ourselves and learn from the Aaron Ramsey um, kind of Episode. last nine months of his, yeah. of his playing career because he's, he's shut a lot of people that were giving him sticks. Let's not be stupid enough to make the same mistake with Jack because mm. he's, he's too good to uh, to you know not make you eat your words later on down the line. Absolutely, absolutely. What did you make of the team's performance, though, Mo, as a whole, compared to you know the previous game against Napoli? I um I, I wasn't I was, I was disappointed to be honest with you. I I think we were actually lucky to come away with a point. Um, you know, putting on my objective glasses sort of thing. Anelka had two great chances, and luckily he still got Arsenal in his heart. Yeah. So he can put them away all day. Yeah. And um, not only that, I think we had a penalty, but I think an even more certain penalty was uh, the Laurent Cossioni barge on Shane Long. Yeah. The ball was 10 yards away when he uh, jumped into the back of him. Yeah. It would have been a fair challenge if the ball was there, but the ball wasn't there. Mm. It's one of those so, that's uh, given if it's outside the box. But in yeah, the box, yeah. It's, it's exactly, the yeah. not giving it. Yeah, but I think that Cossioni needs to uh, start thinking about the challenges he puts in outside the box and what he does inside the box. There needs to be a difference there because there is a difference. You know, it's, it's, um, it's a huge chance if it's a penalty and it's a free kick and sometimes it could be the right thing to give it away. Yeah. But overall, I, I wasn't too thrilled. But we have to remember that we've just played a, a Champions League game midweek as well. And it is notoriously difficult to play, um, you know, your, your Premier League game on the weekend after a Champions League game. And I think 
Champions League, Premier League games, a midweek weekend. If it's away Champions League, away Premier League, then you know you're probably going to lose uh, one of them. It becomes very, very tough. This time we had a home and away. If it's home and home, you expect them to be able to not be as much affected by it. But after a home tie to Napoli midweek, going away to a team in form like West Brom and getting a point when you're not playing badly, you know these are all good signs if, if you want to look at it with a, a positive view. And what I do. Okay, my, um, uh, Cal, sorry, um, what did you make of the, the team's performance as a whole on Sunday? I, I actually thought it wasn't that, that that bad and, um, you know, I think sometimes when you pick up a point, it's funny, sometimes a point can be such an awful result and sometimes it can be a great one. And I think when you look at the context of, of that match, I think a point is a very good one. I mean, you look at the, I mean, Mo mentioned the bit of a continental hangover effect from the Napoli game. I mean, and we do have an extremely thin squad at the moment and I have to say actually, Never normally am I happy for an international break, but I think these these two weeks we get well week in a bit we're getting now are actually really important because we could you could tell in that game that we were tired. That's the first you know we you know there's been there's been debates over the, uh, you know over the, since the start of the season really about overplaying certain players, um, but I thought to I thought in that game you could tell that there was perhaps a bit of a a bit of fatigue in the squad that hopefully can be we'll, we'll get a bit of a zip back after international break. Um, you know, I thought you have to give credit to West Brom. I think, you know, it's also important to remember that they went to Old Trafford the weekend before and not only won, but they deserved to win. I mean, they could have scored three or four in that game. It was quite astonishing, really. Um, so I think when you consider that, you know, West Brom were in great form, you know, that point took us to the top of the table and also that Spurs got a hump 3-0 at home on the very same afternoon. A point actually looks very, very good. The only the one thing I, I would say that I was particularly disappointed with, um, well, I have to say, Wenger deserves credit for keeping Wilshire on. I think it was because he redeemed himself in that second half. But I was very uh, disappointed not to see Nabry, to see Nabry start. I understand why, because he played so well at Swansea the week before and was uh, probably our best player in that game. Um, he was wasn't playing against Napoli, which I thought was um, a, a, a sensible decision. Obviously, as we went and won it quite comfortably, but I would have liked to have seen him come back into that side because really. I think there's no coincidence that Ramsey, who's been our best player this season, had his worst game because he was out on that right flank. I think a mixture of being played out of position, playing very... And, you know, when you play that kind of, um, you know, how they were saying in the Napoli game, you you know, you no one really played in a set position. Everyone was moving about. West Brom kept the game very tight, very compact. Malumbu and Jakob both had great games in the middle. And I think we could have done with someone like Nabry, who I think is, you could see again in the West, in the cup game against West Brom and then in the Swansea game, he was just getting more and more confident. Uh, and he played against Stoke as well. And I think with him, someone who's a bit more direct, he's prepared to run at the defence and, you know, spread the game out a little bit, we could have benefited. So I was disappointed not, he didn't even come on in the second half, which I was a bit disappointed with. But um, you know, as I said, I think it was a decent point and we can come away with that, with with our heads held high. And, and at the end of the day, we're top of the league. So Thomas, um, you I'm, mentioned something, something happened to Tottenham. What was that? I think they lost 3-0 at home, I think it was, with uh, you know, a the Spanners. formation with Mohamed Diami playing up front. Oh, yeah. yeah. So Sam, Sam Aladicci. That's right, Sam Aladicci. Yeah, it was a uh, mastermind. And uh, <laughs> you know, talking about the best defence in the league, of course, and Michael Dawson was a superb defender. And Rav- oh, it was just Ravel Morrison's run. It was just... <laughs> That, that just exposed them. I tell you what, it was watching the um, the front three of Downing, the army, and uh, Morrison running them running them ragged. It was unbelievable, wasn't it? You know, oh, who would have imagined really the, the false nine? The army is a false nine. Unbelievable. You know. But yeah, that was. I think if, if perhaps if Spurs had won their game, you'd have felt a bit worse about ours. But you know, when I hear that they're two 0 down, and then I check the score at the end, and it's three 0 you just think, ah, do you know what? Points not all that bad. 
Like, especially going into the international break because you hate, I, I, you know, I I always hate when you go into the international break with a loss or a particularly disappointing result and you're like, oh, I've got to wait two weeks for until we can resolve this. Whereas we went into it with a decent point and, you know, um, we get to sit on the top of the table for, uh, you know, two weeks at least. So that's, I think that was good news as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, my, my, my conclusions were basically that um, in years gone by, we may have lost that game. Yeah, exactly. We might not have had the fortitude to actually come back and actually draw that game, especially with the first half we had. Secondly, I'd, I'd say that, I mean, hindsight's a perfect science, but where I, I can see Wenger thought where we, we played the three behind Giroud, who were interchanging, and he tried it again. Uh, this time replacing Rosicki with 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 Wiltshire, uh, it didn't work. I would have thought, as you said, Cal, that he might have brought on Nabry, who would have been probably champion at the bit to get at. Is it Yakub on the on the, on their left hand side? Well, yeah, they have Ridgewell, Ridgewell, Ridgewell left, left back. back. I mean, he would have he would have had him for dinner. He would have centre half primarily. Yeah, um, he would have had him for. He had Nabry. I mean, he's, he's playing with confidence now. Yeah. against Swansea, he was superb. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. I mean, as you said, hindsight is a wonderful thing, but yeah. I think we could have done with his uh, direct kind of play on on the right side. Absolutely. Just, just to mention about Jack Wilshere as well. You know, obviously he would know he didn't have a good first half as well. Mm. And uh, just one thing I like about the fact that he he had the character to not hide on the pitch. You know, mm. it's possible to hide on the pitch. And he's 25 yards out. He's got a terrible goal scoring record, and the ball sat up for him nicely. But I think a lot of players having that performance would have just said, oh, "I'll control it and pass it." Mm. And it was his goal. His goal came after he had that. Did not when he was played through and he shot over the bar, mm. and all the West Brom crowd are giving it the big one. And um, so it would have been it would have been very easy for him to kind of go back into his shell and just play it safe. So you know credit. I mean, it was a bit of luck with the goal, but you know if, as they say, if you don't buy a ticket, you don't win the lottery. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the West Brom fans were booing him all games. So mm. It was nice to see. I, I thought he was going to bring out the uh, Ramsey shush celebration. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was nice he had the last laugh. I mean, it's, I think it's interesting also that um, just um, hearing our fans' reactions um, to his performance in the first half, people were begging, pleading for Wenger to give him the hook. And then, you know, come the second half, he scores the goal. And then it's, you know, the chant is, you know, uh, Wiltshire, Wiltshire, he smokes when, when he wants, you know. Um, and then he also nearly set up the winner if... You know, with a glorious through ball to, to Giroud, who um, on another occasion might have scored. You know. That was a wonderful pass, absolutely brilliant right, pass. Was, yeah. Exactly. I mean, if it was Ozil on, uh, putting in that pass, everybody would have been, you know, soiling themselves. I, I would imagine. You know what I mean? So, I think. Um. Yeah. I think. See, I mean, I think I was. I admit that I, wa- I wanted to see him off at half time. Mm. Not not necessarily because he was playing bad, but because he had that yellow card and you know the way he was. He was getting on the deck a lot, and you know, you could, a young head who was. Frustrated. And he does. He sometimes does have a, you know. He... Yeah, exactly. So I could, you could have seen him um, losing his head and being sent off, but you know, Wenger is quite famous for not um, ever taking players off at half time unless he absolutely has to. And he's, you know, he obviously gave Jack the chance to redeem himself, and credit to him, he went and done it. So, um, but I think, yeah, you got to keep in mind that he was playing out of position. You know, he was targeted by a lot of the West Brom team and you know it did get to him in the end but um, yeah I think he, he showed a lot of character hmm. also lads after that first half if we had an absolutely full squad available but we still played the same 11 and we talked about what subs should we put on we'd be talking about oh, Walcott, Chamberlain, Podolski Podola so many players that would say oh these will make the difference yeah. but we didn't actually have them options hmm. on another day with a with you know Walcott available for example we would be talking about we need pace we need width and we'd put him on and we'd be hmm. able to make the game Kind of more um, well, that's the, uh, yeah. but didn't have that opportunity. So I think right. given the squad, 
given how many games have played, continental hangover, good point. Mm. Well, I agree. Well, I think that's a good point. I mean, I think we're almost certain to have Santi Cazorla back um, for the Norwich game. Um, and then we don't know whether exactly when, but hopefully in the next two to three weeks, we're going to have both Podolski and Theo back. So, I mean, suddenly we've got, if you include Nabry as an out-and-out winger on that, we've got four good wide men. Um, we, could, we probably won't see Chamberlain for another month or so, but, you know, all this talk about Arsenal having depth, I don't necessarily agree with. I think we've just been hit very hard in all the same positions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the four men who would play wide normally, which is Walcott, Chamberlain, Podolski and Cazorla, have all been unavailable to us for, for since before the Stoke game, all of them. So um, to get through this game with a point and, um, you know, basically making the most out of what we have, I think was good. And, you know, hopefully before we go into that nasty run of fixtures with Liverpool, United, Chelsea, Dortmund, we're going to have at least uh, at least two or three wide men back. Yeah. So. In a way, we're lucky that all, in a way we're lucky all of our injuries have come midfielders if you imagine getting four injuries in defense or even two injuries up front well if we well if we had um two center halves out we'd be playing Sanya alongside whoever the other, the other fit center half would be in um so uh, and also everyone keeps saying you know we're, 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 we're short up front and you wouldn't want to see Giroud injured um although Bentner did score twice last night so maybe there's hope maybe there's hope for him yet you never know but can I just ask about what your thoughts are on um, Wiltshire's, uh, <clears throat> Wiltshire's comments about um, uh, England eligibility? Uh, I think it was also basically in direct reference to the Yanazai issue, whether um, you know, it was right that uh, England consider Yanazai in 2018 or whatever it is for, for England eligibility. What did you make of his comments? Because, I mean, it's been a real media storm, hasn't it? You know, everyone's everyone and his dogs had his say about it. Well, as I said about the, the smoking incident, it was just intensified because it was Jack Wilshire. Um, and, you know, he was, he was getting a lot of stick from, from all sides of the media after the smoking thing. And I think it's just it's just it was just a perfect media storm of it being, you know, a, a controversial figure who is disliked by many opposition fans. Uh, you know, on a very, an international week, it's all the news is always boring. You know, with games, with days leading up to the game, um, I think it's clear when what he's talking about. And the, what I would say for Jack is that he doesn't exactly choose the right what, right words he's saying. But I mean, he's 21 years old and he's just offering a genuine opinion, which we don't really see from a lot of England footballers nowadays. So credit to him for that. And if you actually look at the content of what he said and the actual context of how it was said, it's very obvious that. He isn't trying to take a slight. At, I mean, the amount of times I heard Jack Wilshire says you have to be born in England to play in this country, I was, you know, I was tearing my hair out because you think, well, you know, read, read, read the actual transcript of what was said. And he not once mentioned having to be born in this country. I think it's quite obvious that he has no problems with someone like Wilfred Zahar, who's lived in this country since he was four years old, playing alongside him for England. I think he has more of a problem with someone like, like Adnan Yanazai or you know, as we we saw in the past, Manuel Almunia and both and Mikel Arteta were both considered for the England team, and that they're not. I mean, if that had ever if that had happened, if one of the two of them had been called up, is it wrong to say that they weren't called up because they felt English, but rather they were called up because they just weren't good enough to get in the Spain team? And England are you know looking for good footballers at the moment, so I think it was just a huge overreaction, and you know with the likes of Kevin Peterson getting into you know and obviously. Peterson is often, if I'm, I'm not a huge cricket fan, but from what I understand, he's often been a, a victim of the media criticising him and slating him off for this reason or the other. So you think he'd have, so yeah, you'd think he'd have a little bit of sympathy for someone 
who was he didn't you know he didn't even take the time to, so he kind of took issue with the fact that what Wilshire had said and I'm like he's like oh you know but but Peterson was I think as a English mother you know he has he has a far he he has he has many claims to be English whereas someone like Adnan Yanazai just doesn't you know because he was born in Belgium raised in Belgium to Albanian and Kosovan parents you know he's just there is no claim to be English there and I'm like, it's not it shouldn't be controversial to say that it's a classic case of of a celebrity or somebody in a popular in the, in the media spotlight getting onto a story late catching oh, the end of it and then making up his own conclusions and then he's coming obviously heard well I saw enough news stories that had twisted what Wilshire had said and he's obviously read one of that and decided to I know I'll get a bit of attention for myself and cause a bit of a Twitter row because everyone loves that and, and and Jack isn't he's not he doesn't he doesn't um, cover himself in glory on Twitter I have to say but at the same time he did say I never once said you have to be born in England to be English I mean we all love Mo Farah he's a big gooner he, he's got a great British ac- you know, accent he's lived here since he was very young I think one of his parents might be English and not anyone is saying but I had people saying oh I'm guessing Wilshire didn't like like it when Mo Farah won I'm like, I'm, I think it's almost certainly he, he was very happy for that for Mo Farah he doesn't object to him being British and it was just one of these um, perfect storms of a dull international week and the media needing needing someone to, uh, needed a whipping boy and, and Wilshire unfortunately was a bit naive and yeah. I mean, it's, it's, his comments were twisted completely out of context go go ahead Mel we all individually consider if you've ever written anyone a text message or an email they've come back to you and they've kind of been a bit annoyed about what you've said and you've kind of had to say to them oh no sorry you've misread it I said it in this tone or whatever you know you can't always get the context when you're um reading something yeah and i think the journalists do play up on that you know they know that they can write a quote or they can write something down where people will read it um and jump to a conclusion without giving the full context to give them an educated conclusion so uh, obviously the journalists have done that the one headline that really annoyed me um when i read it you know it was the first headline i saw about all of this furore and when i read it i thought oh god what the hell has he said because it says england is for english people or england for english people something on them along them lines now, if I was going to read a BNP party manifesto, I'd expect to see that as the tagline. Yeah. And, I, and it kind of scared me. I thought, what the hell has Jack said? <laughs> and then when I read into it and I clicked onto it, I was like, oh, for God's sake, I was just so annoyed. Like, yeah. how, you know, but there'll be some people out there that will just see that in passing or, and then kind of jump to a conclusion and not get the full facts. And I just think if you get any logical person to interpret what Jack Wilshire is saying, it's a common sense argument. Yeah. I personally would, uh, I, I'd agree, I agree with him personally, and I would go beyond that, and I'd say the, um, you know, England setup should extend to the non-playing staff. I personally think if we win a World Cup, it should be about a celebration of everyone, of English talents, from the physio to the coaches, to the managers, to the players, everything. That's my personal opinion. But, you know, I'm not in the, I'm not in the um, media limelight, so if I say it, no one cares, but if Jack Wilshire says it, then they want to sell papers. The thing that bugged me was that it had, it has, be, it has been an opinion that has been said many times, and it is a perfectly legitimate opinion on this debate. You know, we've heard plenty of times this debate, it springs, it's, you know, every year or so it comes up at least once, and people either are for it or not, and, um, you know, I think it's, it's, it's what you say, Mo. It's a very commendable thing to wish that we had a completely English setup from the players to the backroom staff to the manager. But I mean, at the same time, I mean, this is a different bet altogether. But if you look at, I mean, Spain are the world champions and the European champions, and they're now going after a, a guy who played for Brazil in a friendly twice to uh, seven months ago. Yeah. I, mean, I realise this is just an opinion thing, but I'm just saying my personal opinion. I no, think I, that, I think... you know, that English teams should be 
you know, coaches, managers, physios, they all matter. And I think it should be English through and through, just as Spain should be Spanish through and through. But, you know, that, that's just my opinion, as I said. And Jack wasn't even saying that. He was just saying to play for the actual squad, you should be English. Well, that's what bugs me, is because that is a perfectly legitimate opinion. But when, but Jack Wilshire perhaps doesn't word it as well as he should have done. And he says things like England for English people, which, of course, is a fantastic soundbite if you're a, a journalist wanting to take something out of context. So uh, the whole the whole situation frustrated me. And I saw so many things on, on Twitter and other social media things where I couldn't believe some of the, the backlash Jack was getting um and i just all i thought was i mean arsene wenger came out and said i completely agree with him and he reiterated the point that he thought we should have english managers in the past but that isn't a story because arsene wenger is a respected custodian of the game and you know he's often asked by about issues going on with english football and he is respected whereas you know jack wilshire is very probably our most unpopular player amongst other fans um and some people just you know love a story to um get themselves riled up and at that point, the the facts become become almost a, a side note to what was actually said, which is a shame. I saw somewhere on social media that said something about you know, is you know is is Jack Wiltshire going for Tommy Tommy Robinson's position in the EDL? It is a joke. Tongue in cheek, but yeah. Still, it's, um, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, journalists often complain that uh, footballers are just uh, they've got no personality. Yeah, exactly. They talk about issues. They don't have opinions. And on this case, you know, Jack Wiltshire, maybe given his age, he's fallen into the trap of actually giving him an opinion, and then they just package it up in such a stupid, illogical way that I mean, of course, footballers aren't going to have an opinion. Why, why would they want one of this stick? And well, if you're Jack Wilshire now, you'll be thinking, right, that's the last time I offer an opinion. I'm going to give it the, exactly. you know, the next time. Give it the Michael Owen treatment, isn't it? It's a decision for FIFA. Or yeah. Fair, Give it the Michael Owen or the Stevie Gerrard treatment. Exactly. So, mm. I mean, but you know, nothing against Stevie Gerrard, but that's when you're captain of England, you have mm. to be so careful what you say. Yeah, true. You're, you're media trained to uh, a very, you know, a high level. And, yeah. and um, I'm sure as time goes on, we'll see Jack Wilshire become just, just like that. And, yeah. and it's yeah. a shame really, because yeah. we want to see. Can I just. Want, can, go on. We are, we are genuinely interested in what he has to say, but. You know, when when he gets this kind of response for saying something that isn't even controversial, I can understand completely why he wouldn't want to offer an opinion again. Can I just ask that? Can I ask a question to you guys? Is there anything wrong with 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 bringing in you know somebody who who was born and raised from from you know some part of his life in a different country, if he can actually improve the the England team? I mean, don't don't all England fans want to see the best I'm gonna, team I'm... In England can produce, whether he's born here or born elsewhere? I mean. If he's if he's if he's if he's been here for a number of years and he's got his residency and whatnot and he can improve the team, why not have him? I mean, I, I make the I ask the question because when I look at the Spain's, you know, um, trajectory and and, and I and I, and I ask myself where can I pinpoint where can I see the actual the the, the beginnings of that? I look at the two thousand and eight ch- um, European champions, uh, Spain. Who was the guy that I believe that in no small part helped? You know, bring that change. And Del Bosque brought in Marco Senna, who was a Brazilian. You know, he, you know, he was a very respected footballer at Villarreal. He played defensive midfielder and he allowed them, the rest of the team to just go out and play. I, 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 I put down the, 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 the I put that down to, to his inclusion. And from there, you've seen Sergi Busquets, who's come in and done a similar role and sort of kept that sort of, you know, that tradition going of having the, the, the dedicated, ball-playing um, defensive midfielder to, to allow the others to play. I mean, what's wrong with that? I mean, you said that Diego Costa now is being considered by by Spain. 
you know, to 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 lead well, the that's, line. That's happening now. I'm pretty mm. sure. I think they didn't get the paperwork through for this 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 round of qualifiers, but mm. he will be playing for Spain, I think. And uh, he actually played two games for Brazil seven right. months ago, which is just. But it's if you crazy, if you look around Europe, if you look around Europe, they're all doing it. I mean, all most yeah. of these leading European nations are are are, are pro they're looking progressively. They're well, looking to. Team, aren't they? Podolski yeah. is a, a, a Polish born, and yeah. uh, so was Turkish roots, I think. And a lot of their players are are um, from the surrounding areas. But but I mean, with with, with with Germany, would you say that they wouldn't consider somebody who's? I mean, they had a Brazilian guy, didn't they? That that played. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I forgot his name. He was the was he the winger? Um. Yeah, but yes, the point is that they have. What I think is interesting, though, is actually, as far as um, England and, and Britain as a whole, we are quite resistant to, we're not, we don't like, for example, we don't feel as European, perhaps, as Spaniards or Italians or Germans do. Um, so we, so for example, you know, the, the Portuguese side, I think, has often had Brazilians in their team, but they have a very, you know, Portuguese and Brazilians feel quite, there's a bit of an affinity there, they speak the same language. Yeah, they were colonised by the Portuguese, weren't they, the Brazilians? Exactly, so, so this yeah. is what I understand it as anyway, whereas mm. I don't think, as, as far as Englishmen, we probably only really feel that with, with Scottish and Scotsmen and Welshmen, but aside from that, we don't really have this, um, you know, English names, that, you, know, you know, there's a very, there's a, we're very proud of our Englishness as a, as a country normally and I think um, we're perhaps more resistant and less open to the idea as, as these other countries that perhaps don't feel that feel greater affinity with other nations than, than we do um, Carol, so I, I think, think uh, I think it's funny that you said that English people and Scottish people have an affinity towards each other I think there'll be some Scottish Arsenal fans <laughs> 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 you know what I mean relate we have a similar culture to Scotsmen yeah. in most ways and Welsh because we're British you know what I mean mm. so yeah. um, and perhaps maybe Americans we feel um you know, more, we probably wouldn't have much of, I mean, Adyan Yanazai isn't exactly an English name, is it? So there's probably, but whereas yeah. if we had perhaps an American guy who was called, you know, John Smith, I mean, that's not very Here's American, a point. Name, you get the point. Here's a 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 point. Um, Here's a point. Um, Owen Hargreaves. Bought, yeah. bought, bought, was he born in Canada, brought up by oh, in Germany, something, yeah. came over here for a couple of years. You know. But Mo, I think I think I think the I think the FA have nicked it in the bud. Like I said, I've gave the I've given the Owen Hargreaves example. The fact that that this guy is being considered means to me says to me that the the, the policy is already there. Well, it's just whether how the people the public interpret what what we think about it. You know. Well, I think well, as far as I know, I think um, Owen Hargreaves has an English family, so mm. he is he's more English than Adnan Yanazai is anyway. Mm. Um, but what, what the thing is, I'm kind of on the fence on it because at the moment, you know. It's quite easy to say I don't want Manuel Almunia playing for England because mm. he, you know he was even when he was playing quite well for us he was never that great. Um, but then again, if you know if a Lionel Messi kind of player did come along and he was eligible for England, then you know maybe I, I would be open to that. Um, but what what has annoyed me more is when you look at this. There's such a it's been such a big debate with the Wilshire 
controversy coming out of it is that it's come about from a young guy on his first start for Manchester United scoring two great goals, fair enough, but it is just one game. Um, it's one game, and it's against... Yeah. Yeah, and it's yeah exactly, and it's against Sunderland, who are mm. the worst team in the league. Well, it was it was a relegation battle at one. Uh, it was considered to be a relegation battle, wasn't it? Those two men. <laughs> <and Sunderland, so. laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Mm. So it was just like, why why are we fawning over this guy? Who I mean, first of all, what, what strikes me is there's certain arrogance to this debate because I mean, he was born and raised in in, in, in Belgium, and he doesn't want to play for them. I, from what I understand, because he feels Kosovo. Well, his dad um, says so that he has why, to play why for Kosovo. He doesn't want to play for the country he was born and raised in. Why mm. would he not want to play for England? You know. Mm. So it, I, I, I find that quite incredible. Did, did, I also, read, there is, there's, so, there's so many other promising young English players yeah. currently in the Premier League, like Ross Barkley. Ross why Barkley. aren't we getting so excited over him rather exactly. than he's been pushed to the side to speak about a kid who almost certainly won't want to play for England? Yeah. Um, and probably won't be able to play for England. And also, if he does, if he if he wants to play for England and he does want to play for England, he's not going to be able to do it for three to five years or whatever it is. So it just seems like it's a such a silly mm. spark to this debate. It just okay. shouldn't really be had. Cool, Mo. Last word from you, Mo, on the subject. Mo, last word from you on the, on the subject. <laughs> Moving on, um, let's talk about um, the Dennis Burkamp book and his comments about returning to Arsenal as a coach. Um, I bought the Dennis Burkamp book, Stillness and Speed, this week, and I have to say, so far, I've not even got halfway, but it's a it's a riveting read. I mean, if you want to really find out the thoughts and insights of one of the greatest footballers, of sorry, the greatest thinkers in the game of football, let alone one of the greatest footballers out there, um, you've got to buy the book. You've got to read it. I mean, he's he the way he sees football is very different from many of his uh, peers and and counterparts and and players today. You know, um, he he'd make listening to him and reading his comments. You, you could see that he'd make a fantastic coach simply because of the way he he caresses the ball. His thoughts about you know seeing the uh, the, the vision play out before he actually makes the play. You know, and he's so respected in the game. I think he'd make a fantastic coach. Um, Cal, what do you think of the of his comments coming back to Arsenal and, and the book well, itself? Well, I, I, I do want to read his book, but mm. I'm, I'm going to have to read Harry Redknapp's one first. I think <laughs> that might be a bit, <laughs> a bit more insightful. But um, no, I mean, look, Dennis Bergkamp is um, 
an absolute legend. You know that word is banded around a lot, but as far as as Arsenal go, at least he is just an absolute legend. More, not just because of the success we had when he was here, but just the, the man himself is such an enigma. You know, he um, he really is one of a kind. And you know, I, I think in general it's fantastic to, to have this policy of bringing back ex-players to have in and around the club in what in, in, in different roles. Um, you look at you know the, you know teams like Bayern Munich. You know, they they they. Their club is full of ex-players that are, you know are hanging around the place. And I think if you're if you're a, if you're a footballer currently playing for Arsenal, and you're being you're being coached by someone like Dennis Burkamp, I mean you're going to have I don't know how you couldn't be kind of in awe of the man, and, and really it would be inspiring to hear a man who not only was an incredible player but was an incredible cl- player with the club you're now representing, telling you how to play the game. And um, I think it would be uh, such a positive thing to have him here. And um, so, you know, uh, he did say, I think, he, he plans staying at Ajax for three to five years, so it might not happen for a while. But um, in principle, I don't see how any, any Arsenal fan would not want it to happen. Um, and yeah, he's, clearly, he's, he's clearly a good coach. I mean, he's been um, he's been at Ajax for three years as assistant manager, I believe. And um, he they've, they've had a great period of success. So, uh, as I said... It would be lovely to see him at the club. It yeah, really it would, yeah. yeah. But the only point that I would make is that some people, you, know, you can be the best in the world at something when you're actually doing it, but when you're teaching it, relaying the information to other people, you might be hopeless. So I'd say in an ideal world, we'll get Burkamp back, it'll be brilliant to have him around the club, but we need to make sure that we're being objective and making a, a footballing decision and not kind of a sentimental decision, and we make sure that we're getting the best coach for the job. There's no point in getting someone who's a great footballer if they can't then communicate how a coach needs to do it. And I'm not saying Burkamp can't at all, mm. I'm saying I really hope he can, but mm. we need to make an objective decision about yeah. it. Everything you hear about Burkamp, though, is that he... I mean, I saw. I listened to an interview with... Um, guy who wrote the book with him and he just said that everything he says is put in such a fantastic way mm. um, that you just have to pay attention to it there's no kind of you don't ever feel like he's just going through the motions you really yeah. do believe that everything he says is so insightful so I really do believe that he would be uh, an absolute superb acquisition and also when you look at his, I mean he's been part of the, the IH revolution that's come back to IH the, the Marco Van Basten Johan Cruyff Dennis Burkamp triumvirate that actually that actually successfully made the coup to take you know, to take over to take the back the club back from the pre- previous own, previous owners and I think they've won three championships in a row. I mean, he's definitely had it put his imprint on that club now, and they're producing players. I mean, you've just seen Christian Eriksen really sort of like you know uh, well probably crash his career going to Tottenham, but hey, you know they've got this guy Victor Fisher and so on and so forth. but um yeah i mean there's i think there's no there's little doubt that he you know apart from him being the name he is the fact that he can he knows how to impart his 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 knowledge onto the younger generations and and they take on from that i think it would be be an opportunity missed if if he we didn't bring him back in a country i can't see any reason why not to do it if he wants to come back in, in however long and he, you know, I really do believe he could bring a lot to the club. So I think there's so much to gain from bringing him in, mm. and uh, you know, pretty much nothing to lose. So cool. yeah, hopefully we'll we'll see it before cool. long. All right. So that's uh, Dennis Burkamp, Stillness and Speed, out in all good bookshops and online at Amazon from now, from from well, from today. Um, just a quick post, a quick plug for we play for the shirt dot com. They've they've designed a brilliant uh, Aaron Ramsey t shirt called uh, I think it's Rambo. Looks yeah. really snazzy. Um, get that at weplayfortheshirt.com 
All right. Um, quickly, uh, Cal, any news on the international front from, from Arsenal players, involving Arsenal players? Well, it was a pretty good night, all in all. Um, well, first of all, uh, injury-wise, Laurent Koscielny was not available for France. I think he had a calf injury, perhaps, but it doesn't seem to be serious. I don't think we can expect him back for Norwich. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, in that game, Olivier Giroud scored a brace, and one of the goals was quite incredible. A beautiful chip from the front post and you've, you've got to watch it on YouTube if you can. What did you say uh, about the goal, um, Mo? You said something about the goal? It yeah, was similar the goal, uh, Giroud's goal, you know, he's not the sort of person you'd associate with that goal and um, Dennis Bergkamp was actually just talking about it and he scored a really similar goal. On Twitter, I'll try and find the links and share it all but it was kind of was, a reminiscent of Bergkamp. Absolutely sublime and a brilliant shot in the highlights of the game where Giroud scores that goal, celebrating the teammates in the cut of Benzema on the <laughs> yeah. bench, then that's the player that we were going for. <laughs> to be fair, Interesting. That has to be a lot of credit for Wenger, because yeah. he's brought in Koscielny and Giroud, who were had a decent seasons in France, but mm. were nowhere near the team, really, I don't think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And now, Giroud and Koscielny, as far as I understand, are, are mainstays of that side. I think Benzema did come on and score later on, when it, it was, you know, I think they won 6 and or something like that, but Giroud um, scored two, mm. two, two uh, scored a brace, one of which was incredible. I, just, I think the point is that it says a lot that he's there, he's starting, yeah. he's the main man. Yeah. And what about St. Nicholas? Are we any news on St. St. Nicholas? St. Nicholas scored a brace on his return for, for Denmark, and not only, not, it was against, uh, against Italy as well. Italy. Um, and I think I think they went one down, um, and he, he brought it back to two one. But I think yeah. he did score a very late equaliser. But you know, it, it, it's good for him. You know, um, he he uh, was banned from the national side, I think, because he was drink driving amongst other offences. Drink driving, um, going down uh, one way street the wrong way in Italy. He's an idiot. But um, he, anyway, he seems he seems to be a changed man now. He's come back, and he, and you know, good for him to score two goals for his country. Um, I saw a couple of the pictures, and he seemed to be absolutely delighted with it, and must be a proud moment for him. So, uh, I don't think Denmark are going to the World Cup. I don't think they got through. Um, but you know, if he's you know, every goal he scores, you know, can only be good for us. And hopefully, if we, we do need to call on him the next few weeks, he'll he'll be able to score a couple for us as well. Um, Anyone else? Well, back post headers, you know, it was, uh, I think it might have been a tactical thing, there might have been isolating the Italy left back, they were both very similar goals, and also not really the style of football that we play, but you know, he's always had a phenomenal goal scoring record for Denmark, if, if, yes. if yes. listening isn't aware of it, go and have a look, you'll be he scored, amazed. He scored a couple of the Euros, did you not? He scored yeah. two or three. Um, oh, sorry, the Paddy Power, three. yeah, yeah but he, Paddy he scored Power, power. yeah. Um, yeah. And also Aaron Ramsey, man of the match for Wales. I heard, I heard he had a very good game. He yeah, did, he, uh, apparently. He missed the penalty though. Yeah, he won the penalty and missed it, but he got man of the match. Right. So, um, Erzl played for Germany. Okay, oh. cool. Oh, yeah. And, um, I, and, but the thing was, I think apparently Ramsey did look a little tired in the, in the second half I, I read online, so hopefully he's going to come back um, unscathed and good to go for our Norwich So, there's, there's one more round of internationals to go before we get them back, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, Tuesday so. night is, uh, I think, when all the games are. Um, Jack Wilshere came on for the last 20 for England. Mm-hmm. Um, Rosicki had with, already withdrawn from the Czech Republic squad, which is good news, I yeah. think. Um, so, yeah, the, the biggest news for our players, and I think we should ruin Ben, are both grabbing a brace. So, so, but um, no fresh injury worries from any, any of our from internationals? From what I understand, all, the only one is Koscielny, but he... Yeah. He should be okay, I think, for the Norwich game. So it's nothing that I think the who's the manager now? Is it Deschamps? Who's the yeah, Deschamps. Yeah. Uh, I think he said uh, it's cool. nothing too serious. So, right. well, I mean, even if he wasn't available for Norwich, yeah. we'd have Vermaelen to come cool. in. So and Vermaelen was an unused substitute on the bench last night. Also, Nabry scored another goal for Germany under 19s. Has he? Is he trying to make a case for himself as a future striker? We don't know, but he has been scoring we can do quite regularly. Yeah. 
cool interesting stuff so we'll watch that space okay fellas um we're gonna have to wrap it up now the but um, say, um going off on the uh, podcast last week because that uh Gazidis listens to the podcast i think because uh, <laughs> since the last one he signed a new commercial deal with bt sport and uh, so that's good news. We're up to four fifteen now, so that will get your rate as well. So. Yeah, 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 interesting. Um, Gatorade is already part of the campaign. Yeah, week, so, so we're up to fifteen. <laughs> yeah. So we're creeping up, we're creeping up the, the, the commercial deals table, which is good. All right, then, fellas, great having you on. Um, so say good night, Callum. Yeah, good night, Callum. And say goodbye, Mo. I ain't <laughs> All right, then, fellas, thanks for having you on, and we'll reconvene again in the near future. That was the Guna Ramble, a Guna's World podcast. Thank you. Shut up.